the Belated Binge Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Belated Binge Podcast, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, and despite being the same age as Harry in the movie timeline, I didn't read these through until my mid-20s. Now I'm diving deep into each chapter of the series, and in this episode, I'll share my thoughts on the best foreshadow moments, I'll give and take both (laughs) arbitrary house points for the key characters, and I'll round out what I found to be completely ridiculous from chapter 14 of Chamber of Secrets. Before we jump in, shout out to Free Elf patron Alex Swetland. Let's do some divination. It's time to highlight four moments in the chapter that foreshadow something to come in the future. One, and uh, I'm going to give you a warning, actually. Every single one of these is a quote, and some of them are actually kind of long. So this one, starting with, Riddle might have got the wrong person, said Hermione. Maybe it was some other monster that was attacking people. How many monsters do you think this place can hold? Ron asked dully. We always knew Haggard had been expelled, said Harry miserably, and the attacks must have stopped after Haggard was kicked out. Otherwise, Riddle wouldn't have got this award. Long quote, but it's a two-for-one foreshadow special here. Hermione is mostly right. Riddle did get the wrong person in trouble. But, you know, that was because he actually was the heir himself and the one that was guilty. Harry's also right. The attacks did stop after Haggard was expelled because Riddle couldn't keep going to the chamber after framing the person who was supposedly guilty for the crime. So uh, this is kind of a, a, like I said, a a two for one foreshadow special in this little bit of dialogue with our, with our little 12 year olds on the case Two. look at it from my point of view, said Fudge fidgeting with his bowler. I'm under a lot of pressure. Got to be seen doing something. If it turns out it wasn't Hagrid, he'll be back. No more said. But I've got to take him. Got to. Wouldn't be doing my duty. Doing his duty. Um. So this is a foreshadow for uh, Mr. Fudgy Fudge over here. One, Hagrid ends up coming right back because... It does turn out that it wasn't Hagrid, but that's not what this foreshadow is really about. This foreshadow is about Fudge and his blatant incompetence, his um, feeling that he needs to be seen doing something more than he needs to actually be doing something right. This is a non-stop theme that happens in this series with Fudge in charge. He is a pure just politician in every sense of the word he is more concerned about voters seeing him taking some sort of action that they he believes that they would approve of or at least see him trying something even if that something is completely misguided and useless and that's going to be quite familiar as this series goes on three See here, Malfoy, if Dumbledore can't stop them, said Fudge, whose upper lip was sweating now. I mean to say, who can? That remains to be seen, said Mr. Malfoy, with a nasty smile. But as all twelve of us have voted, Hagrid leapt to his feet, his shaggy black head grazing the ceiling, 
And how many did you have to threaten and blackmail before they agreed, Malfoy, eh? He roared. That's, well, exactly what happened, Mr. Hagrid. (laughs) This is a foreshadow to the end of the book when we realize that part of what Dumbledore does while he's not at the school is go to visit the other governors of the school And he finds out that Lucius threatened to curse their families if they didn't vote for Dumbledore to be uh, suspended. So, yeah, Hagrid, all of them, I think. (laughs) Uh, Four, and here's the iconic one. You will find that I will only truly have left this school when none here are loyal to me. You will also find that help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. This is a Dumbledore quote. It's huge. It's iconic. It's the one of his, you know, probably uh, most recognizable quotes from the series, in my opinion. Um, and it's a big one because it comes back in the Chamber of Secrets when Harry's there and Fox comes to save the day. And it's because of the loyalty that Harry shows Dumbledore in that moment, standing up to memory Tom Riddle. Uh, it's also. A nice little, um, a nice little nugget of a foreshadow to the final scene with Harry and Dumbledore together in the King's Cross um, afterlife version in Deathly Hallows when he brings this um, back up and he says, um, "What did he say? Uh, help will always be given." Or he, I don't know. Maybe it's a movieism. Now that I think about it, I, I don't know how exactly this passage goes in the book. It's been a long time since I've read Deathly Hallows, and we're certainly not there yet in this reread for the podcast. Um, but I definitely know that they used this in the movie um, for Dumbledore to say uh, that he would um, he would adjust or append or um, rephrase his original statement to... Um, you will find that help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who deserve it. Um, yeah, anyways, uh, nice, nice little, I, I think, kind of double foreshadow uh, to wrap that one up. And you're going to notice that I left out one really big uh, foreshadow from this chapter. And honestly, I was kind of just thought it was too obvious, too low-hanging fruit, but we're still going to give Hermione her kudos or her flowers or whatever the kids are saying nowadays when we give away our house points. points. In true Hogwarts fashion, these points are completely subjective with no oversight and fully at my discretion. For this episode, I am giving house points to Hermione Granger for solving the whole damn book and unfortunately getting petrified for her troubles. 50 points, Hermione. And now I'm going to take away points from everyone, seemingly. Uh, Ginny, I'm taking points for stealing the diary back when the attacks would have stopped otherwise. That's my theory anyways. 35 points from Ginny. Ron and Harry, 25 points each for letting Hermione go alone and giving a shit about Quidditch instead of going with her to the library and heaven forbid going for help when they knew an attack was imminent in the school. Um, Fudge, uh, I'm taking... 20 points from Fudge for being an idiot and taking Hagrid to jail. 
I'm taking 30 points from Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy, for getting Dumbledore suspended. Uh, And I am taking 20 points from Dumbledore for not going scorched earth and just shutting all this shit down when you know he could have. I will add these into our tally for the end of this season's Bingy Awards. Before we go, I have to acknowledge the moments in this chapter that were utterly ridiculous. Ridiculous. While it's not an episode of The Binge, if we don't call out what didn't make any sense, I'm gonna make this pretty quick because I said enough about a lot of this already. So uh, I'm just gonna reiterate real quick that Harry and Ron letting Hermione go to the library alone when they knew Muggleborn students were about to get attacked in the school because Quidditch is ridiculous. Cornelius Fudge, the incompetence, is ridiculous, but only a glimpse of what's to come with that particular dumbass. And Lucius Malfoy being able to just show up with a note and Dumbledore is suspended? There's got to be some sort of validation process, doesn't there? Like, is this really the official protocol for suspending the headmaster of Hogwarts? Just show up with a note and that's it? Notes go a long way in the wizarding world. Remember when they'd show up to, uh, in, what is it? Is it chapter five, maybe, of Sorcerer's Stone when Hagrid and Harry show up at Gringotts and all it takes is a note from Dumbledore and Hagrid gets to walk away with the freaking Sorcerer's Stone? Or Philosopher's Stone. Shout out to everyone not American. Um, uh, Finally, uh, the fact that it took this long for the school to go on lockdown in the first place is completely ridiculous. There have been way too many attacks for the curfew to just go into effect like, you know, now. With that, we've reached the end of this episode of Belated Binge. I hope you have enjoyed it. As always, shout out to producer Jack, who I work like a dog. Remember to follow and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if whatever app you're using supports a rating and review option, please leave one. If you're so inclined, also check out the additional benefits available on Patreon at patreon.com slash belated binge. In the next episode of the podcast, we will completely wrap up this chapter with our headcanon expecto plot changeo question answer. I'll share your thoughts, my theories, and then we will kick off things for the next chapter of the book of Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, which will be chapter 15, Aragog. And I'll be joined with a special guest, Firebird, from the Dusty Cauldron Podcast. Explainiarmus. It's time to disarm your reluctancy and explain how you can support this podcast. Belated Binge is a fully independent production. I read the books, write the script, Record the episode, edit the recording, pick and produce the sounds, manage the content schedule, manage social media, promote the podcast, and feed producer Jack. Any costs from equipment to software to website development, marketing, any of that comes out of my pocket. And despite how many times I've been told we look alike, I'm no Harry Potter. No half giant has ever taken me to a bank full of cash and said, hey, you're rich. Having a podcast takes a lot and it's not easy. So your support is literally the only thing that keeps the show going. And there are a few key ways you can support the podcast. First, 
word of mouth is absolutely huge. If you enjoy the show, please tell every one of your Potterhead friends to give it a shot. Also, many of the pod players now support a rating and review function. Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, Podchaser, just to name a few. And it takes about four seconds to leave a five-star rating on the app. This can be greatly impactful. If you have more than four seconds and the app that you're using supports written reviews, that's even better. Think about how reliant we are on reviews. Whether you're buying something new or deciding what book to read next, we're always looking at ratings and reviews to weigh into our decision. Podcasts are no different, and your positive review could be the difference in someone discovering the show and deciding to give it a chance. Another great way to support the show is engaging in the conversation yourself, whether it be answering the specific questions I pose during the show or on social media. Maybe you just have a theory of your own or you want to leave some feedback. I'd love to hear from you and maybe even share it on the podcast. You can submit your thoughts by leaving a voicemail on the website, belatedbinge.com. Just click the little leave a voicemail icon on the page that you visit. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, you can also respond in written form by using the contact form on the website, leaving comments or DMs on social media. My handle is belatedbinge across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also email belatedbinge at gmail.com. The final and perhaps most impactful form of support is to become a patron on Patreon. I've made a ton of updates to Patreon membership benefits this season and some goals to shoot for as well. There are currently six tiers available designed to fit any budget level ranging from $1 to $20 with all the bells and whistles. So benefits range from early access to ad-free versions of the show, recognition on the website, bonus episodes, patron shoutouts, show prep notes, insider participation, bingey award participation, input on show content and future benefits, a drawing for a physical gift sent from me to you and others. I've also set some growth goals that'll unlock new benefits for existing tiers and maybe even adding some more stuff as we go. The first goal is to get 10 total patrons, at which point I will start a patrons discord server. However you choose to support the show, thank you. I truly appreciate it.